You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. My name is Harold Smith. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Pastor Wade Lentz. Wade, how you been? I'm doing good, man. I'm just enjoying this fall weather. We we got our real first cold front. Uh, this morning was 40 degrees at the house. and Wow. wow. You can we got go outside 40, and breathe. You got colder than we did. We were only like 46 here. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was it was nice. I went up north last week. I went and saw some friends of mine in Wisconsin and then made a loop up through the upper peninsula of Michigan and came back across the Mackinac Bridge and saw two pastor friends that live on opposite sides of northern Michigan, one on Lake Huron and one over by Lake Michigan. And I packed sweatshirts and hoodies, and I'm like, man, I'm going to go up there. It's going to be cold every night. (laughs) And, dude, it got like 60 when I walked out of the motel. Oh, wow. I was like, 60 degrees in the morning? That's like being home. (laughs) Heated up to about 85 or 86 every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to do some fishing, and I wasn't catching any fish. And so I I found like a Department of National Natural Resources guy came by, and I was like, man, am I just an idiot? I can't catch any fish. And he's like, it's too hot, man. All the fish are out in the deep water. This this water's too warm. The salmon aren't coming up yet. And I thought, too hot, man. If 86 is too hot. This is my kind of play right yeah. here because I would call home and my wife would be like, it's 103 yeah. in Arkansas. So even though it was hot for there, it was still cooler than being down here. Right. Well, I'm glad you made it back because you have to be preaching for me next. Is it next week? Two weeks from now. You October tell me. The 8th. I'm a man under authority. You tell me when I'm supposed to be October there. the 7th and 8th and 9th. Harold Smith is going to be with us and Alan Nelson and Rick Brown uh, for our annual Bible conference, and we are looking forward to that. That's going to be the theme is God's Glorious Church, and uh, we are anticipating some great days. Yeah, if Harold anywhere, is a tremendous preacher. If you're anywhere in central Arkansas and you'd like to visit with Wade or I um, or Alan Nelson or Rick Brown, Come to Barrel Baptist Church in Valonia. It's a Friday night, Saturday night. Don't skip your church to come hear one of us preach on Sunday morning. Go go to your faithful local church family where you're a member. But if you're just sitting around watching Survivor or The Bachelor on Friday or Saturday night, shame on you. You ought to gather with the saints at Barrel. Amen. Amen. Well, man, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to be discussing uh, this plague that has happened over the last several years in our country, and that is this soft punishment of of crime that we have seen where, you know, those who are punished, if they do go to prison, they do not go long. They're then released uh, to do more crime, and it's just a process of these law enforcement officers, uh, what I call the Arkansas Catch and Release Program. They catch them again they send them to prison and then they're released a little bit later. Uh, this is just becoming an issue that is, uh, way out of hand and it's only getting worse. It's not, it's not getting better at all. 
just this week it was announced that Arkansas is going to be releasing 400 prisoners early because of overcrowding. And there's no uh, way of them trying to solve this issue. Their way of solving it is just release them early. And what's going to happen again is that there's going to be more arrests, going to have to go back to prison. Overcrowding is going to be an issue again. Uh, It's just way out of hand. We're living in, in days that... Let me just read you a couple of things where a Little Rock man, he's sentenced to 20 years for murder, 20 years for murder. He's eligible to be out on parole in seven years. Wow. Uh, Jacksonville man sentenced this Jacksonville, Arkansas, right down the road from me. Jacksonville man sentenced to 15 years for first degree murder can be eligible for parole in six years. Wow. What in the world is going on? You know, Buford T. Justice from Smokey and the Bandit said it best. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. I hate to say it, but he is spot on. Nobody fears the punishment of crime anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, Buford was talking about Burt Reynolds in that. Uh, I don't remember what he drove, a Firebird or something like Camaro, that. Camaro, wasn't it? Camaro, maybe. I don't remember. Trans I, I can't remember. Who yeah. I was just a kid. <laughs> but, but Burt Reynolds had total disregard for the law. He was the bandit. You know, he drove yeah. however fast he wanted to go. He didn't care how many cops were there. He just seemed to always evade capture. And that's the problem we're dealing with here. These guys commit crimes evade capture and then when they get caught it's a slap on the wrist Mm -hmm. i guess my big gripe here my my big complaint against all this i understand there's prison overcrowding i get that but it used to be you didn't want to go to prison you Mm -hmm. know used to prison was a bad place it's still a bad place but there's all these laws protecting prisoners they don't have to get up and work a hard day i mean you know back in the old days you went to prison, you went to a mine somewhere and broke rocks all day with a hammer. Yeah. With a ball and chain around your foot. I mean, we had a, I had a saying called the chain gang. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we got back to that, people wouldn't be as in a hurry to get back and do a two year stint. You know, it's more like a, you know, I'm, I'm going to be away from my family. I'm going to be separated and that's yeah. bad. I'm going to have to go to bed at night, but I'll have medical care. I'll get my teeth fixed. You know, I'll learn, I'll study, I'll, I'll exercise, I'll get in shape, I'll come out, I'll go right back to what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. there's no respect for the law anymore. Yeah. And I don't know where, where this came from to where now prisoners have more rights than a lot of citizens do. I, I don't know if it's just the, the softness of our country, uh, where prisoners are, are seen as the real, the real victims. And the reason they commit crimes is because they are the victimized and they are the oppressed and they're just lashing out. And so we must take it easy on them. And, uh, it, it's, it's detrimental to our society and it's, it's really making our society more dangerous. Yeah. Because if you don't fear punishment, you're not going to fear the law. Yeah. And, uh, so why wouldn't I kill someone if I'm just going to spend seven years in prison? And even though seven years are not going to be that bad, you know, where's the, I want to be neither you or I, either one are saying that prison is a cakewalk. 
Right. No, but today's prison versus a 1950s prison is two different things. Right. Today's prison versus a 1890s prison is two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to torture people in prison, but I get up and go to work every day. I have responsibilities on the outside of prison. I have to make my own way. If I don't have money coming in, I can't pay my bills. A man shouldn't go to prison, get all of his meals given to him, get everything he needs provided for him, simply sit in a cell, watch TV, write a book and go home. Mm-hmm. That's my complaint. Right. These right. guys ought to be accountable while they're there. They ought to be taught a trade while they're there. They ought to work while they're there. Right. And I, I just don't see that. Uh, I, I just see them going there and, and meeting other criminals to work with when they get out. I mean, how many times have we heard they met in prison? Mm-hmm. You know, these two guys committed this crime. They met in prison. We've heard that a number of times in the news. Right. Right. It used to be in in our country where you committed murder. I mean, first degree premeditated murder. You would die. Yeah. I remember as a child hearing uh, several times in my childhood, uh, so-and-so was going to be electrocuted today. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be, then it, then it went to lethal injection, right? Now you don't hardly hear that at all. Yeah. These drugs might hurt before you die. So we can't give them lethal injection, right? I live just outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas and Fort Smith was made famous in the old wild west days for a, a, a judge named Isaac C. Parker. And his nickname was the hanging judge. Hmm. Judge Parker was prone to sentence people to hang. He had a set of gallows right outside his courtroom. If you're ever in Fort Smith, his his courtroom is still intact. It's still, you can tour it. The jail is right underneath the courtroom. You can tour it. And the gallows are right out in the front yard of the courtroom where people were hung. When Judge Parker came to Fort Smith, Fort Smith was a wild place full of outlaws because they were right on the border of Oklahoma which was considered Indian territory. And so you commit a crime. You know, if you ever watched the Duke boys as a kid, they had to get out of hazard County and get away from Roscoe and boss hog. They crossed that County line. They couldn't go after them. Mm -hmm. Well, in Arkansas, if they crossed the state line into Oklahoma, they were in Indian territory and now they were safe. So Parker came here and brought law and order and he brought us marshals who had jurisdiction, not just in Arkansas, but in Oklahoma. So if you've ever seen the movie True Grit with John Wayne, John Wayne is a U.S. Marshal out of Fort Smith. Here, what happened was these guys would commit a crime in Arkansas and then run over into Oklahoma. They commit murder, or rape, or you know something serious. They would run into Oklahoma. Parker would send these marshals into Oklahoma to get them, bring them back here, try them, and hang them. And because he got a reputation for hanging people, I mean, I always heard he's the hanging judge. He's the hanging judge. Less than a hundred people were hung by Judge Parker. He mm-hmm. tried hundreds, plural, of cases of people who committed murder, multiple murders, multiple rape, you know, really bad, bad crimes. Less than 100 of them were hung, but he had the reputation of hanging people. Yeah. And so people feared the law. They mm-hmm. feared the, the repercussions of committing a crime. And there are many accounts of, of these marshals you know, arresting, apprehending somebody in Oklahoma and they would just beg them, you know, please take me to Kansas, take me to Texas. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't take me to Arkansas because they take crime serious in Fort Smith. Yeah. Parker will hang me. If we had that 
kind of seriousness. The Bible actually calls for that kind of seriousness. You know, when you read Genesis chapter nine and verse six, Noah's getting off the ark and God says, look, the animals are going to fear you again. It's not like it was going to be inside the ark. Uh, The dread of you is going to be upon them. But mankind is not like the rest of the animals. He -hmm. says in verse six, whosoever sheds man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. So the Bible before the Ten Commandments, before any of the law books were given in Genesis, when Noah gets off the ark, God says that if somebody kills another man, that person should be killed. If this isn't murder, it's why? Because in verse six, it says, for in him that is in the image of God, or for in the image of God made he man. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying here is mankind is not a dog. He's not a cat or a horse. Right. If these people that were thrown in prison, Wade, for as little as six or seven years, as you were saying, if they had committed animal cruelty and Mm -hmm. killed somebody's cat, they could be in there for that long. I mean, my, how our society is upside down. Absolutely. It's crazy. I, I believe in the death penalty because I believe life is precious. Okay. That's why I, I believe that. And Judge Parker, the reason why he and and many of the judicial hangings happened, they did happen publicly. They would go to the town square, somewhere yeah. that people could gather. You say, my goodness, that's so gruesome. Why would they do that? Well, murder's gruesome. Yeah. And, and publicly, they would do this so that children, young men, would see what happens yeah. If you take the life of another person, they need to see that. I they mean, need that, to see it. If it were public knowledge, many of the people that were hung there, and I've read some accounts, you know, their biggest fear, they knew they deserved to die. They knew that, you know, robbing banks and, and stagecoaches and killing and raping was all wrong. And they knew that, that society was just and condemning them to, to hang, but they didn't want the embarrassment of dying publicly in front of all the people. Mm-hmm. And right. that was their terror. It's like, you know, I'm going to go out looking like, like what a criminal, like, you know, people need to realize I, some old old preacher one time said, if the wages of sin were immediately paid, it wouldn't be nearly as attractive to do it. Yes. Right. What we're dealing with today is a whole generation of criminals who know that this crime's only going to cost them if they get caught, if they get proven guilty, if they don't get off on a technicality, mm-hmm. it's going to cost them a year or two of their life. Yeah. And that's after they run out all of their appeals. And so we just push the penalty on way, way down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and rob the liquor store now. It's, you know, so what? Sure. And that's sure. what we're dealing with. I think yeah. in our day, we're dealing with a group of people who are not being punished. And it starts at home. How many times have you and I seen kids running around town and you were like, that little boy needs a whipping. Mm-hmm. And he's never had a whipping in his life because his mom yeah. and dad don't believe in punishing their child. Right. Right. It, it is just, it's mind boggling to me why as somebody who has committed murder uh, in the first degree, premeditated, maybe multiple killings can sit on death row for 20 plus years yeah. because they're allowed so many appeals. And uh, that is just a a mockery of justice. But to me, it's almost forthtelling of what American society has become and that we have become so soft 
um, thinking that we are uh, more righteous by doing this. And in reality, we're, it's really showing our depravity by allowing a murderer to have more freedoms than the, the victims of those to whom he murdered. Yeah. And especially the family that's having to live with the, the fact that his, uh, the, the murderer is still alive, still being fed on our tax dollar. Yeah. Um, this is just, it is, how does, how does this get fixed? You know, I mean, does it ever get fixed? I always say the solution to everything is the gospel. The solution yeah. to everything. I just, I know that's kind of a blanket statement, but in reality, what we're dealing with are people who have a perverted view of justice. That's right. They have a perverted view of discipline and they think that mankind is inherently good and he has to be trained to be bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Bible presents a completely different uh, scenario for man. And the Bible says that mankind is born inherently bad and only by God's grace and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit is he taught to be genuinely good. But mom and dad are given the responsibility of teaching their kids what we used to call respect for everyone else. You know, yeah. even if you weren't saved, your parents used to discipline you if you stole something. Now, what we see is some kid gets caught stealing and the mom is blaming the police department and the city council for tempting her child to steal who would normally be a good boy. And so this child from the age of seven or eight is growing up thinking he's never done anything wrong and the world's out to get him because we all operate under laws and have a, Mm -hmm. you know, a decent society. Yes. I think it's a root problem. And I think the root of the problem is that mankind naturally rebels against the law. And I think even those who are in charge of the law are looking at just the sheer volume of criminals and they're just getting lighter and lighter and lighter because as you said earlier, that the system is overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I think we've got to get back to a place where the criminals are the bad guys and they should be treated as such. Every time I see a video where five cops are beating up somebody trying to handcuff him, my first question is not, why are five cops punching this guy? My first question is, why does it take five cops to arrest you? Yeah. If the cops tell me to get out of the car, I get out of the car. Mm -hmm. If they tell me to put my hands behind my back, I do that. I remember you getting pulled over in a case of mistaken identity with your (laughs) family. You're on the side of the road, spread eagle. Yes. It didn't take five cops with night sticks to get you in handcuffs. Mm -hmm. You respected law and order. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to get back to. And I don't think you're going to regain that until mankind first understands that he is the follower of the man of lawlessness. He's the Mm -hmm. follower of Satan. Satan's ruling the world. And the, the, the firmer Satan's grip gets on the earth, the more and more dark it gets. The solution to that is evangelism, sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit doing what only God can, taking sinners that work for Satan, putting them in the army of Christ, regenerating them, giving them eyes to see. If we had a higher number of genuine Christians in America, it would be a safer, more polite society, even if all of society wasn't Christian. Right, exactly. I, I was reading a scripture verse this morning on um, thievery. You know, if a person takes something from us today, normally they will go to jail for a short time, <laughs> be yeah. released and to steal again. But, you know, scripture has a different method of those who steal. God said in Exodus 22 and verse one, 
Uh, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall repay five oxen for one ox and four sheep, the number four, for one sheep. And so I thought that was that's called restorative uh, justice. Instead of punitive justice, this is restorative justice to where, hey, you're not going to die. You're not going to go to prison. You're going to repay back what you stole and then some. Yeah. Wouldn't we're not going to chop. Yeah. We're not going to chop your hand off like they do in the Philippines. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I it's mean, a balanced form of justice. Wait, this was commonplace. Even as, as late as a hundred years ago, there used to be a thing called debtor's prison where if you couldn't pay your bills, you mm-hmm. went to prison, not to sit and watch TV and, and just, you know, do your time. You went there to work off your debts. Yeah. So you actually did labor. You got paid for that, that everything you earned went toward your debtor. When you got out of there, you paid it back. Same could be said for those who had things stolen or destroyed. Mm -hmm. The state would pay back that person. Yeah. But we've gotten away from that. Sure. And and I don't know how we got away from that, but we did. Uh, A lot of the slavery you saw during biblical times was slavery over stuff like that. People Mm -hmm. couldn't pay their bills. They got caught. They couldn't pay for five oxen. So they worked it off. And right. And people didn't steal unless they absolutely had to. They didn't make a living doing that. Mm-hmm. And if they did, those men were dealt with with military force. Yes. You know, you find over and over and over where bands of robbers were working, the, the king would send out an army. The Roman soldiers would go out and secure a highway through the desert. Um, we've just, as a society, have become more and more comfortable with crime. And it's less and less severe. It's, it's not, I mean, I hate to bring up the whole homosexual thing and, you know, I hate to bring up the, the, uh, I mean, you guys were intimately involved in this. Y'all were preaching, uh, to some, uh, what is it? Transgender, trans dressers, drag, drag queen, drag queen story hour for children. Story hour. Yeah. Now, why do drag queens, why do men dressed up as women? need to go read children's books to little kids. And the reason being is because there's a now a push in America mm-hmm. to legalize what we would call pedophilia, yeah, immoral acts with children. And they want to make that normal. And there's yeah. even a, a same sex attraction code called, uh, I'm minor attracted. Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to underage children. Wade, this lowering of the bar of criminal standards, this refusal to punish, I mean, the the more and more and more we go light on crime, soft on crime, the more and more criminals you're going to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a more dangerous society uh, than, than a safe one if you continue to lower the punishment of, of violent crime. Um, and I think one thing that really pushed me on this subject was when uh, the I don't know if you heard about it recently, about two weeks ago, a, a young 18 year old young man was got into a verbal argument over politics. He was a Trump supporter. and This guy was another guy was not. Well, when he left that situ uh, left that scene, the older man started chasing this guy by, with his vehicle and he ran over this 18 year old, killed him because of his political 
uh, he, he was deemed a political right-wing extremist. Well, the guy who murdered the man by running him over with a car was released without bail. Wow. There's not even a bond or bail. Wow. And um, I'm like, good grief. What in the world? So, um, I mean, that, that just really enraged me. What is happening? Uh, why have we gotten so soft? And, and um, yeah, it just it makes society much Let me tell you worse. what, what the, the book of Proverbs says in Proverbs 29, verse 4. The king, by judgment, establishes the land, but he that receives gifts overthrows it. When I look at that verse right there, that is clear to me. A nation is established by a righteous king or, as we would say, a righteous judge. Mm -hmm. When the judges are just and honest and upfront, a nation is established. It's firm. It, it has a footing. But a judge that receives gifts, this is bribery. That turns favors will overthrow a country. I can assure you that man that you just mentioned that ran over that that eighteen year old uh, guy with his car over a political argument. I can assure you the judge that let that man go on a signature bond was motivated by political action. Yes, he yeah. was going to let him go if that had been a reversal of roles. If it had been mm -hmm. a a right wing conservative that ran over a a Biden supporter he'd still be in jail. Right. Now, he might be lucky to live long enough to get to a trial. Mm -hmm. um, but this kind of corruption that we're seeing in the judicial system, we see it all the time with these rulings by these, these left wing judges and these, you know, like the ninth circuit court of appeals. It seems like every crazy decision used to come from them and still yeah. does. Right. These guys are politically motivated. They're not motivated by justice. Mm -hmm. They're motivated by something outside of this is what's right. This is what brings society uh, to a more solid place. This is what builds up a nation. Right. So Proverbs 29, four spot on uh, the rulers that rule with the idea of personal gain in mind are destroying our country. And, and yes. we're seeing that clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's really, it's the, this soft crime laws that have been passed, especially like in California, Proposition 47. Yeah. Um, the, these are laws passed by lawmakers that lawmakers have much more security than the average citizen does. So they're not worried about the outcome of what this is going to look like in the average person's daily life. Yeah, they don't have a convenience store on the corner. Exactly. Exactly. But yet, you know, they, they pass these laws that create more hardship on the citizens. And, uh, it, well, it's, they allow it's, like a $500 limit before you can prosecute for shoplifted. Yeah, right. What business could allow people just to steal anything under a hundred bucks? I mean, yeah. you can't let five and $10 uh, uh, items go out the door without right. being paid for. That all adds up. And we've all seen the videos of these folks breaking in these uh, jewelry stores and just breaking all of the glass, taking things, uh, just mob type thievery. Yeah. Uh, but why not? Why would you not do it? You know, the only uh, way you wouldn't do it is if you're a man of moral character and you know mm -hmm. you're answering to a higher being. That's right. 
That's the only thing that keeps you from committing the crimes everybody else is. That's why I say the solution to everything is the gospel. If people get yes. saved, they act right. Amen. Oh, yes. It, it is a matter of conscience. I'm just talking about the average person. Today's moral conscience of America and the average citizen is much lower than what it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago. And that's due to the fact that the Bible uh, was once read to them. Um, now the Bible is absolutely, you know, foreign to them. Yeah. So their, their conscience is not nearly as strong, uh, morally. And then also you have this fact that there's virtually no punishment for, yeah. for crime. So it leads to a very unsteady society. And like you say, the answer to that is we better be proclaiming the gospel more. Uh, than than what we have been in the past. Yeah, march marching on Washington D.C. ain't going to change things. Right. We've we've got to preach the gospel and trust the Holy Spirit to save. Mm-hmm. And if God doesn't intervene for us, no amount of political reform is going to do this. You, know, right. we, you and I get all kinds of criticism because this is the Patriot Pastor Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're patriotic because we love our country. We want to live in a country that 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 allows us the freedoms that you and I enjoy. But we're also biblical. We're not yeah. trying to save the world through politics. Right. We're, we look at politics and go, man, they really need the gospel. Mm-hmm. This just shows me that not only are the, the lowest dregs of society in need of the gospel, the highest rulers in our land are just as lost Absolutely. as the, you know, the drug addict on the streets. So I, uh, I, I'm like you. I lament the condition that we're in. I, I think the, uh, I think if the Lord doesn't intervene, we've got some really dark days ahead of us. But I trust God. I know the gospel doesn't come back null and void. It will accomplish its purpose. Yes. Well, our time is just about out. Harold, it's always a pleasure to to uh, visit with you on, on Zoom and to record a podcast. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Patriot Pastors podcast. God bless.